Adam Sos here for Rebel News on the Gun Show podcast. I am going to be your guest host for the day. Uh, Sheila's off covering an important story, and uh, so she's allowed me the honor of filling in for her. I'm going to be joined today by our special guest, Laura Klassen, for an interview. Laura is the founder of Choice for Two and a pro-life advocate with a uh, great history of online viral videos, as well as a great deal of service towards women facing difficult pregnancies. So we're going to share and discuss with her. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, be sure to go to rebelnews.com. You can watch the video version of the interview and you can also check out some of our other great shows i hope you enjoy the podcast thanks for tuning in hello rebels adam sos covering for sheila gunry today on the gun show out in the field covering a story doing important work so I'm going to do my very best to fill her shoes today. I'm going to be joined by Laura Klassen in a moment. Now many of you likely know Laura Klassen from the viral videos her organization Choice for Two has put out and we're going to talk about that work soon. But Choice for Two also does very important outreach and support work for women facing challenging pregnancies. Laura has been an outspoken advocate and a viral sensation in the pro-life movement over the past couple of years, and it's my great honor to welcome her onto The Gun Show. Thanks so much for joining me today. Um, many of our viewers probably are familiar with your work. Um, for those those who are not, um, I thought it might just be a good idea for you to share a little bit about why you decided to become a pro-life advocate. Um, it's not necessarily a field that is uh, e easy to get into. So if you could just share a little bit about why this is such a strong conviction for you personally and how you came to this point in your life. Okay, uh, well, I am I think the main reason I'm anti-abortion is because I'm a Christian. And um, so a lot of my views um, come out of that, but um, I went to school for theater and music and um, yeah, I was working professionally in the opera company and at the same time starting Choice for Two. And I just really felt that it was, you know, worth essentially leaving my job for um, because I realized what abortion is. And, um, you know, it's the slaughter of humans before they're born. And yeah, it's not an easy thing to get into this movement um, because you are not politically correct um, according to, you know, the standards of the media and the culture as a whole. Um, but I just, I just felt so strongly about it once I realized what abortion was and once I realized how, how huge it is in our country and I realized Canadians have no idea what's going on. Yeah. So at what point was this though? Was this like a conviction you had as a Christian throughout your life? Or was there like a moment where you're like, oh my God, like when did it happen that you had the sort of awakening to realize this is what's going on and I absolutely need to do something about it? Oh, when I was a really young child, I saw the people standing at the side of the road with the graphic images. And I mm -hmm. saw that. And it was at that moment when I realized this is wrong. 
Um, and as I grew older, I learned more and more about it. I started volunteering at our local pregnancy resource center. And from there is where I really got the idea to start Choice for Two to do specifically the things that we're doing. Mm -hmm. So now you mentioned that most Canadians don't know what's going on. And I think to a staggering degree, most Canadians, when you talk to them about what the legal status surrounding abortion is in Canada, they literally won't believe you. Um, you often have to pull up resources to prove it to them. So for maybe yeah. viewers who aren't familiar with the status, legal status of abortion in Canada, could you sort of uh, give us give us the rundown? Sure. Uh, well, Canada is the only Western country that does not have an abortion law meaning it's legal to get an abortion at any point throughout your pregnancy for any reason. Mm -hmm. So for any reason whatsoever, for the entire duration of a pregnancy, it is legal in Canada to have an abortion. Just for those of you who don't know that, look it up, pull up Wikipedia, whatever you want to do. That is the current status of laws surrounding abortion in Canada. It's pretty staggering. Now, you mentioned also that around that time you started working on Choice for Two. Can you tell us a little bit about the organization? Sure. So it's an anti-abortion organization and we kind of have two goals. On the one hand, we're working, we're working to educate the public on abortion and what it is and uh, hopefully encouraging people to get involved toward ending it. And on the other side of things, we are um, connecting with women who are considering abortion and able to speak with them and offer real practical help to um, get them through the crisis that they're facing because the pregnancy is not the crisis. It's all these other situations in the woman's life. Um, so we help her with that so that she is able to uh, not murder her child. And I think I've seen some of the campaigns, like you'll post, uh, you'll, you'll have someone verify this. So it's very sort of on the level. You'll go uh, confirm that the person is in this situation. It isn't a, a questionable circumstance or someone trying to take advantage of you. And right. once that's confirmed, you guys, what, what's the process? What do you do to help uh, a person who's who's experiencing a, a difficult pregnancy. Right. Well, a lot of it is emotional support. And we have, you know, people on our team constantly in touch with women. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, we have in-person meeting with people that we set up any sort of fundraiser or baby registry for. So they are verified in person. They have to prove um, who they are. They have to prove that they're pregnant, that kind of thing. Because unfortunately, there are so many scammers and they do target our organization. And so um, once the person meets in person and also us speaking with the woman, uh, we figure out what her needs are and we can pretty much do like almost anything that she would need. I mean, we've paid rent. We've, but today we brought groceries for a woman in Texas, like all kinds of random stuff. We paid for babysitting so a woman could finish her college degree. Uh, and then we do the baby registries where we create a registry for all the things that she needs or wants. And we post it online and people can buy items off there and then it gets delivered directly to her. Well, and I think very often you'll hear people say that, well, you're pro birth, but you don't really care about the mother or the baby. And right. I mean, this is probably one of the strongest counterpoints because I'll see you post an Amazon registry. That's like an entire baby registry, like for a full baby shower. And the yeah. thing is gone and they've, they've sold out in within a day, right? Usually an hour. Usually an hour. <laughs> so you're providing everything. And what's yeah. the response from mothers once they've, once they've realized that they're not alone and that there's going to be someone there for them? Yeah, they're overwhelmed. Like they can't believe that total strangers would care enough to buy them a gift. And some of the gifts, you know, some things are quite 
pricey, like mm -hmm. a crib or a stroller, like you're talking a couple hundred dollars and people want to help. The movement yeah. wants to help. So yeah, they're blown away. Yeah, that's incredible. Maybe, I don't know if you're willing, but if you could share maybe one example or something that's come up, a recent story of an actual mother, by all means, use use a, a made up name or use a letter instead. But maybe if you could, if people could hear an actual story of something that you've gone through where someone contacted you and what their experience was like. Oh, I mean, there's so many. Um, a woman that I'm talking to right now, she... Uh, no, I'll give you a story of a baby that was just born because okay. <laughs> people won't be able to figure her out. Um, there was a woman and uh, she already had children. And the man said that if you don't abort, I'm leaving you and like just totally peacing out. And uh, she contacted us uh, just kind of asking for help and saying, you know, she didn't think abortion was right. Um, she hadn't ever really thought about it that much. Um, she's pregnant. She didn't know what to do. She didn't have any support. And so, you know, we just talked things through with her and the man had actually scheduled an abortion for the next day for her, which is often the case that the man is scheduling the abortion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my body, my choice, a lot of the times it's, it's really the man pushing for it, although yeah. it is ultimately her choice. Um, there's a lot of pressure. So anyway, we talked with her. We just, you know, said, regardless of your situation, which is temporary, uh, this child is here alive and breathing and it's wrong to kill this child and we will help you. And um, she stood up to him. He left. We ended up paying all her hospital bills. We ended up paying her rent. Uh, we ended up doing the baby registry and the baby was born, I think, three days ago. A uh, little girl. Uh, so, yeah, that's so, the story. Literally saving lives like almost on a daily basis. Um, I just want to add that shame on that man. I'm going to call him a boy because a man wouldn't yeah. do that. Um, yeah. So shame on him and God bless you and God bless her. And we'll certainly include a little baby in our prayers as we move forward. So thanks for sharing that story. Um, that is That story is a prime example of the type of incredible charitable works that you guys are doing. But as you mentioned, your endeavors are two-pronged. Um, and I think that perhaps there might be a little bit of a dichotomy between the uh, compassionate and loving outreach mm -hmm. that you extend to these women and, and the uncompromising and unflinching uh, videos and media you put out there to get the message out and generate conversation. I want to really quickly cut to, and I think we're going to play it in full, the human sacrifice video that you guys put out recently. So we're, we'll pause for a second. We'll cut to that and watch that. Then we'll come back and continue our conversation. Child sacrifice. Barbaric, evil, ancient, modern. There's nothing new under the sun. Throughout history, children have been sacrificed to a variety of deities in attempts to gain favor or blessings. Aztecs cut their children's hearts out to appease the gods of rain and war. Incas sacrificed their children to the sun god so their crops would flourish. Canaanites sacrificed their infants to Moloch for prosperity. Drums were played loudly to drown out the baby's screams. Child sacrifice never stopped, and we still don't hear their screams. There's nothing new under the sun. We sacrifice our children today, not for rain or war victories, but for freedom or convenience. 
we sacrifice to gain favor in the workplace, or for the blessings of money or fame. We sacrifice our babies on the altar of free sex. Child sacrifice is no longer a public event. It's done behind closed doors. Rather than a gory burning or bloody stabbing, it's become a neat, sterile, and clinical event. We don't throw our children into the fire or leave them to freeze to death. We starve our babies. We poison them. We rip off their arms and legs and crush their skulls. We call it choice. We call it empowerment. And our culture condones it. We celebrate it. We celebrate baby murder. We consider it vital to our existence. It's become a right. But nothing is different. There's nothing new under the sun. Innocent human beings are still being sacrificed for the selfish gains of those more powerful. Modern child sacrifice is thriving. We must end it. End abortion. So, a startling video, maybe not something you would expect to see coming out of the pro-life movement. Um, very aesthetically pleasing, extremely challenging, making a point that I don't think is necessarily shying away from the core of the controversy. Um, I mentioned earlier that perhaps there's a dichotomy. Do you think that, on the one hand, providing sort of unconditional and compassionate charity, and then on the other hand, putting out these strong, often... Uh, um, conversation rousing pieces on social media. Is there a conflict there or are those two sort of mutually inclusive or necessary? I used to think there would be a conflict when we started uh, doing it because, you know, it just seems it would be that way. But um, it's the truth. And one of the ways that we really love on the women who are considering, abor uh, considering abortion is we give them the truth. If we don't give them the truth, we're not ultimately loving them because they might go ahead and murder their child if they're not given the full truth. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it does go together. And the other thing is um, the videos have uh, such success. They have uh, so much reach. That's how we actually end up meeting with a lot of women mm -hmm. Uh, so the videos, they watch it and they're kind of like, whoa, and then they check out the organization and they message us. So it's working in terms of reaching people and also being truthful. And, uh, you know, when we talk to women one-on-one, -on -one, we're very nice people. So, mm -hmm. so it kind of, I mean, it all works together. Yeah. So I think then, as you mentioned at the ongoing, at the onset, you're sort of your Christianity is a major major motivation in in this work that you do, um, and I can't help. And I mean, forgive me if I'm, I'm overstepping, but I can't help but notice there seems to be some synchronicity with uh, the the public ministry of Jesus throughout his his life towards those people in incredibly difficult circumstances. He was the gold standard for charity, compassion, and love. But on the other hand, he was crucified for being so direct. And so outspoken against some of the great uh, calamities of the world. So is, is that an intentional effort? Are you mirroring his ministry? Or is it just uh, something that's that's evolved naturally? I don't think I on purpose decided to mirror that. Um, but I feel like, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess that is how it is. We're just, I'm just trying to be as straightforward and as honest and as loving as possible. 
And so that's what happened. And so I guess that makes sense. And I, I think very often you'll hear that like this movement is anti woman, but I, I find very much it's sort of like uh, it's pedantic. Um, what you're doing is talking to women and giving them the information and saying, we're going to help you. Um, what do you say to people who say that talking to women honestly and offering them help is anti-women? I mean, they're just, they're just the angry people. We get that all the time. You don't care about women or you try and you, you force women into keeping their pregnancies. And it's like, how could we possibly do that? It's not like we're hunting women down, right? They come to us. So it's just, it's just a ridiculous thing. If they take two seconds and look at what our organization is doing, we, we are helping women. Yeah, that's amazing. And like anyone who looks at it or takes an objective glance at, at the work you're doing and how many people you've helped would probably, it would probably agree with you. But I can imagine in this line of work, you probably get quite a bit of hate, maybe even threats. Can you tell us a little bit about that sort of experience in your work? Yeah, uh, people are very angry about the whole issue. So, um, and, a, and a lot of people also too, who are post-abortion, a lot mm. of the times they'll, they'll lash out in hate because they're, they're hurting so much themselves and it's hard to be confronted with what you've done. Um, but then we also have like the hardcore feminists. Uh, we have the Satanists. The Satanists are like all over our stuff. Shocking. They don't so, like yeah, it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was kind of surprised to realize how many of them are, there are and how like organized they are. But other than that, yeah, it's not, it's not surprising. And they're very hateful and send the most awful things. It shocks me that, that you know, nowadays when you can get canceled for, uh, you know, saying something mean, these people are sending like full on death threats and they somehow think that's acceptable. Yeah, this doesn't violate our terms. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we've right. seen that far too many times. We're far too familiar with that at Rebel News. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, your, your videos have been extremely effective. They've been seen by millions of people, translated into all these languages. Um, so that's bound to welcome some opposition. What exactly goes into planning these videos? I'm sure there, there's quite a bit of thought. Do you think about addressing specific apologetics issues? Um, what, what's the process for coming up with an idea for a video from sort of inception to completion? Uh, honestly, it's usually an idea that someone or people have been um, pushing online. Like, uh, you know, you're not a human being until you're born, something like that. And yeah. so that's where we came up with the magical birth canal because I just kind of started thinking about that and thinking like what you're actually saying doesn't make any sense. And mm -hmm. so let's figure out a clever way, you know, a visually pleasing, entertaining way to show you that. And so usually just start, start on a script, create the script and then get our props together, get our film crew together and, or the animators, if, if it's an animation mm -hmm. and then, then do it and then edit it. <laughs> and kind of, kind of like we mentioned, you, you think about some of the pro the problems or the questions that are emerging out there um, and think about how to possibly respond to those or generate conversation around those. There's certainly an apologetic angle to them. So I thought if you wouldn't mind, I went through some of your videos and just kind of get your two cents on uh, something that might emerge online in conversation and how you came to the point of responding. Um, so let's touch first the video that we just watched in full, the human child sacrifice. Um, it seems to be addressing to some extent that women and society can't succeed and have kids. 
What's your right. response to that? And what the video, I think that's what it's responding to. Yeah, it was. And also, um, I, I got the idea for that one um, because of the Satanists and just mm. how angry they were. And the fact like the Satanic Temple came out and said that abortion is a religious ritual. So I was like, oh, OK, like uh, all throughout the Bible, they talk about child sacrifice and, you know, um, the ancient world you'll look at the Aztecs or whoever, and you'll like, we think as a society, oh, how barbaric, like how awful, like they were so bad. And we think of ourselves as so progressive and mm. so inclusive and so great. And then I was thinking about it because all of the reasons for sacrifice, it all comes down to um, it's selfishness really. Like mm. it sounds harsh, but it is like they used to sacrifice children for their own gain right so that they could prosper they could have you know water or uh, they could win wars and it was all to prosper themselves and nowadays um women are uh, aborting for the same reasons you know they want to um get ahead at work they mm -hmm. uh and they feel that now's not a good time for a pregnancy they want to finish their education or you know a lot of the actors um you know Michelle Williams, you know, we had a little scene referring to her, um, where basically she thanked her, her award, um, said, you know, this is because of a child that I aborted. So yeah, it is that whole idea, like you, you can't succeed unless you're killing your children. So when I was thinking about it, I was like, it's the exact same thing. And when you realize how um, awful the actual abortion procedure is, it's horrific. Mm -hmm. So to me, I was just like, this is our modern day child sacrifice. And I find it so shocking that the statement, like, I'm, I'm so thankful that I aborted my baby because that got me this award is considered mainstream and acceptable in society. And then your perspective of let's try and save babies. And we're here to help you is considered fringe and garners threats online. Yeah. It's staggering. Um, to continue, um, men are not allowed to have an opinion on the issue of abortion. Right. <laughs> okay, that one's just so dumb because, you know, what other human rights violation are men told to sit down and shut up? Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's because the marketing of the abortion um, industry has been brilliant. You know, they're marketing it as a woman's right. And, and so it, it all fits in with that of men, you can't have an opinion, just, you know, be quiet. Um, it doesn't make sense because this is talking it's abortion is killing human beings. So of course men should have an opinion. Also, you know, biologically, it's not just the woman's child, it's the man's child too. So <laughs> of course he should have a say. Yeah. And that ties perfectly into my next question. Um, and if you could describe maybe the video, we'll probably cut to a few little clips of it, but um, pregnancy should not be a consequence of sex. You did a video about that as well, right? Oh, right. Yes. Oh, um, consent the, to pregnancy is not yes. consent to sex. That yes. came directly from my Instagram page. People yeah. were saying that all over the place. Um, it's this uh, younger generation. And I'm just like, what are, you, what are you guys thinking? Like, do you not know biology? Do you not know how this works? Mm -hmm. um, you know, you might get pregnant from having sex. That's a very possible <laughs> outcome. Uh, and is that so, a new scientific development? Should it just be breaking news? Or is that <laughs> something we've known for a little while? Breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. 
Yeah. So, so that, that video, um, we just showed the idea that, you know, um, eating copious amounts of donuts is not consent to gaining weight, you know, like, and, and so that's just how we showed that one. Yeah. And it's as though there's, there's a sort of sentiment out there that man sometimes forgives, but nature never forgives. Um, there's these natural consequences of things that happen. And it yeah. seems that in society today, we just want to reject those. Well, we can reject them, but then the consequences will follow regardless of whether we try to cancel them or exactly. not. Um, and, and one of the ones that, uh, I think is extremely significant, particularly for people um, with disabilities or those with Down syndrome. Uh, you've, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, many countries claiming to have cured Down yeah. syndrome. Um, if you could maybe comment on what they mean by curing Down syndrome and talk about the video you did in response to that. Right. Uh, I think it was Iceland, was it, that uh, said that they had eradicated Down syndrome. So here you are thinking they'd figured a way to cure down syndrome, um, but really they're just identifying all the babies who have Down syndrome before birth and aborting them, you know, even very late term. And uh, that's, that's an idea that's very accepted within our society. Like we need abortion because what if the baby's not perfect? What if the baby mm -hmm. has a disability? And it's like, hello, Canada. Like we're, <laughs> I thought we were the country that yeah, respects people with disabilities and we have all these wonderful programs and, yet we're trying to kill them all before they're born. It doesn't make sense. Um, no, yeah, so it yeah. certainly doesn't. And I know even like when you're pregnant, you go to the doctor, like our doctor's Catholic. So when you go there, he sort of like skips over half the tests mm -hmm. they would have you run to because the intent of those tests is to identify something and then terminate right. the baby. So we don't go to half of that stuff because he knows that, that because that's a human being, we're going to yeah. keep that baby and we're going to raise that baby. So yeah. Um, we touched on the legal status of abortion in Canada. If I'm not wrong, it's basically Canada, China, and North Korea that have no restrictions on abortions, um, in addition to a couple states, uh, rather progressive democratic states in the United States. Um, other than that, most countries in the world have some sort of restriction in place on abortion. Um, the other thing that's extremely puzzling is that polling indicates that the majority of Canadians would favor at least some sort of restriction on abortion. So most will not come out and say they're outright against it, but they're like, well, after three months or six months, or they have various thresholds at which yeah. they'd want to cut that off. How yeah. is it that like the will of the majority of the people, most people watching this are probably going to say, well, there should be some sort of restriction. You shouldn't have an abortion at nine months for non-medical reasons at all. Um, how did we get to the point where even regardless of the public will, even regardless of the science, the, the, the law in Canada hasn't changed. The law in Canada is that you can have an abortion at any point of a pregnancy for any reason. Yeah, well, it's actually like, it's sort of the opposite because it's just, there's no law. So anything yeah. goes. And yeah, we got here because a law was supposed to be put in in 88. Um, they struck down the existing law because they said it was too restrictive or you know it wasn't good for women's rights. Um, and then they said, okay, we'll come up with a new one. And then there were a few attempts and then they never did. And so now it's just a free for all. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, Canadians are uncomfortable because if you'll ask them, oh, you're fine aborting a baby the day before delivery, they're not, No. but then they don't want to go. They don't want to discuss, okay, when should the cutoff be? Like mm -hmm. they don't even want to get into it. They're just like, you know what? It's a woman's choice. Trust, trust women and all that because it's been so brainwashed by our culture the school kids are so brainwashed to mm -hmm. view abortion. Abortion is nothing other 
than a woman's reproductive right. That's it. Mm -hmm. They don't know what the procedure actually is. They don't uh, register that it is killing a human being with a beating heart most Mm -hmm. times, right? Like a heart begins to beat 21 days after conception. So um, I don't know what's wrong with this country. Um, They just don't want to touch the whole debate because they don't want any restrictions. And I think this seems to be a recurring trend. I've mentioned this in the past and I'm going to continue to mention it. One of the biggest issues facing Canada and modern Western civilization is the unwillingness to enter into meaningful discourse. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So we'll tweet and hashtag and we'll do all that stuff as long as it doesn't sort of step on anybody's toes. Um, We might cancel the odd person, but we don't actually want to meaningfully engage in anything difficult. I know for me, it wasn't until I was in university that I actually took a like look at wait what is that what is abortion actually and then the second you look at the sort of medical evidence and it isn't it isn't you don't need to be a microbiologist it's it's pretty rudimentary biology you're like oh my gosh this is what we're doing publicly um it's 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 staggering that there's no no beyond the few people who are sort of at bat and garnering the conversations there hasn't been meaningful change and to put it back to you um there's different approaches, there's different prongs. I don't mean to sort of sow division or anything, but do you have any recommendations for the pro-life movement at large? Um, I would argue that you're probably one of the people who's generated the most conversation and you're a fresh face for the pro-life movement, but what can the rest of the pro-life movement do to generate change? Because there hasn't been any in 40 years. (laughs) Right. I don't, I don't have too much to comment on what they have or haven't done. Like I wasn't there. Um, I didn't even really know there was a pro-life movement when I started doing choice for two, honestly, Mm. um, or came up with the idea of doing it. And then once I um, started into it, then I was meeting people and making connections. Um, so I think maybe what we've done that's working is that we're just trying to be very truthful. We're not being politically correct. We're not shying away from sharing the truth. Also, um, for us, we don't have any sort of restrictions on us as an organization because no one's paid. We're not affiliated with any political party. We're just on our own and we can do whatever we feel that we need to do. Like we're not worried about losing donors. We're not worried about, you know, screwing something up um, in the political world uh, because we're not there. So I just think like the movement in general for everyday people, I think they really need to treat abortion for what it is, you know, which is a genocide of babies. Um, And they need to act accordingly and be having discussions with people because people are so scared to talk about it. Even if they think it's wrong, they're like, oh, someone's gonna think I'm crazy or mean or something. And it's like, well, okay, babies are having their arms and legs ripped off, but you're scared about, you know, your reputation like priorities. We need to have our priorities in order Mm -hmm. and then just start doing something. And and I think, I think one of the things that possibly people need to get their head around, and I think possibly you've done it is that like, we're not the baddies. Um, You're not the baddies. The people who are fighting to try and save people's lives are the good guys. And I think very often people have this sort of complex as though there's something wrong. I know very often when I talk with people about this conversation, if I don't come at them with an air of superiority and I'm engaging with them and you come from the angle of compassion as though, as though I want to save lives, that's my primary focus here. People who are even very hostile to the concept of putting an end to abortion 
are at least willing to engage in that conversation. Um, for those people out there who presently believe that fundamentally women is an, woman, uh, abortion is a woman's right and that women should be able to do this, um, do you have any messages to those individuals? Sure, go watch an abortion. There's videos online, go watch one and then, then we'll chat because once you see what it is, you can't support it. Yeah, well, that's, that's certainly poignant. <sighs> well, <laughs> that, uh, that, that's about all it is. There isn't more than that, hey? Yeah. Um, that's, that's poignant. Um, following up, where can people find you? How can people get involved? Um, where do people go to sort of keep, keep in touch with you? Right, uh, our website, uh, choice42.com, which is the number four, the number two, so choice42.com. And we're on, you know, all the social media outlets. Uh, they can follow Choice for Two or they can follow Laura Clausen, me, my stuff. Um, and yeah, that's where we connect with people. And I think I didn't plan this, but I, I think it, it, it is important because this will probably reach quite a few people. Um, if you have any messages for mothers out there, um, pregnant women who are considering abortion, if you have any right. messages directly for those individuals. Yeah, I'd say um, don't murder your baby, first off, like that shouldn't be an option, whatever you're going through. Um, it's a, it's a crisis maybe, but it's a temporary crisis and your child is alive and growing right now inside of you and deserves to live. So if you need help, uh, reach out to us and we will help you. Awesome. Hey, well, thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you for the important work that you're doing out there. And hopefully we can touch base again sometime in the future. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks. Really appreciate it. to have Laura join us today. You know, the really interesting thing about Laura is she's very multifaceted. There's two distinct dimensions to the work, and we talked about it during the interview. But on one hand, she's providing this compassionate and unquestioning care for mothers in difficult circumstances. She's helping pay for rent, filling out these baby registries, letting women know they're not alone. And that is so vital. Many people criticize the pro-life movement as being just pro-birth. Well, she's addressing that concern right off the bat. But on the other hand, she's generating conversations. She said that many of the women who get help through her organization, Choice for Two, first contact her through the viral videos that she puts out. And these viral videos can be challenging. They talk about abortion in a very direct and unabashed way, which is a fresh uh, change compared to uh, the lack of conversation that's been occurring around this issue within society. So I think we're seeing a conversation about abortion in society thanks to Laura's work on a level that hasn't maybe taken place in a number of years. So I want to thank her for taking a little break from her important work to come and share her story with us. I also want to thank Sheila Gunry for allowing me to be the guest host this week. She's very busy covering an important case. I hope you guys enjoyed it. This has been The Gun Show. Thanks for watching. We'll see you out there.